I invite you to turn in your Bibles uh, to uh, the book of Psalms, found right almost in the very center of the scriptures, and we're going to be looking today at Psalm 84. So turn there. If you don't have a Bible with you, there's some uh, in the seat backs uh, underneath the seats in front of you. Feel free to open it there, and it's also printed uh, there in the bulletin. Um, if you're visiting with us or you've come in the last four months, I'm Warren Harvey. I'm the senior pastor here. I've been away for a while on sabbatical, and I want to add my welcome to Pastor Kyle's uh, to you and uh, look forward to getting to know you better, and I am uh, excited again to be back among you. Over the last weeks of summer, uh, we're looking at a number of psalms that the Lord particularly used uh, during my sabbatical to, to speak and minister to my own soul, to draw me nearer to him in rest and, and to renew my joy in Christ and my love for serving him and his people and I've entitled this series, Sabbatical Psalms, not just because of the, the personal impact that they uh, had on me during sabbatical, but because in each of them, we, as God's people, find powerful truths and, and personal testimonies of the, of the true rest, the true renewal, the joy and the life and the provision that belongs to all of us who, who long for and live in communion with the Lord God and in community with one another as his people in the church through Jesus Christ. He's the one, as, as we heard earlier, who invites us to come to him and to find rest for our souls. And today we're going to look at Psalm 84, which is, is designated in the book of Psalms as a psalm of the sons of Korah. Who were the sons of Korah? They were, the, they were the, the, the temple choir, if you will, the singers in the Old Testament temple, which means that this was a, a psalm that was, was probably used for the public worship of God's people, although it is a song that is, is uh, an, intense pers- uh, an expression of intense personal experience and, and, um, and desire for the Lord. And while its author is not named, it's the testimony of one who for, for some reason was deprived or distanced from the privileges and the presence of God in the sanctuary of the temple in Jerusalem. The tabernacle during the days of Moses and later the temple in Jerusalem after the time of David was the center of worship and it was the self-designated place representing God's presence among his people in Israel. It was constructed of various courts that kind of led one to the next up to the place, the Holy of Holies, where, where uh, God resided, if you will, at the altar there and, and in the tabernacle. Um, it contained various altars that were used for uh, specific sacrifices by the designated priests. And it was a destination at various times throughout the year where the, the God's people would travel and they would celebrate different festivals and feasts together and offer their sacrifices in worship to the Lord. And the psalm here is an expression of one of those pilgrims. It's an expression of the deep longing for and the joyful satisfaction that is found in the Lord's presence with his people. A presence which... As we heard earlier in uh, uh, what Missy read for us out of Ephesians, is no longer uh, tied to a particular place, 
but is now in the courts of Jerusalem, but is now resides in the hearts of God's people through the indwelling of God's spirit and, and, and the communion of his people in the church, in the body of Christ, as we are, as we are brought in to fellowship with God and with one another as the body of Christ. And as we journey together through this life to what the scriptures called the, the heavenly city, the new Jerusalem, where we will experience ultimate rest and joy in God's presence. So, so the prayer that we are getting ready to read in Psalm 84 for us today is fulfilled in our own deep desire to know the presence and power of Christ, not only in our own hearts, but among us as God's people gather together. As we, as we read this prayer, I want you to think about who we are sitting here together and what it means for us to come now into uh, the presence of God in worship and live in that presence day in and day out through his work in us together in Christ. One of the things I prayed for and pursued during the months I was away in sabbatical was for the Lord to renew and refresh my own love for his church, increase my own desire to be in his presence and to shepherd and serve his people. And they say that absence makes the heart grow fonder. And so as I was away during those four months, it was about halfway through that time. I didn't miss you for the first six weeks. But it was about halfway through that time, or, or a little way into that time, that the Lord, partly through the words and the prayers of this psalm, began to, to fan the embers of my, of my longing for his presence and, and, and to renew the flame of my love for you, his people, and for his church universal. And that's my prayer for us this morning, as we're here and we hear and pray this psalm together. So let's give attention in our hearts and in our minds to hearing the words that God gives us, not only to learn from him, but to speak to him. Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. 
Let's pray together. Father, this is your word to us. Increase our thirst for you this morning. Cause our souls to long for your presence and fulfill in us the joyful satisfaction and rest that is found in that presence through your son, Jesus, who dwells in us and who works through us to make your presence known and seen throughout the earth. Lord, would you do this this morning? In his name we pray. Amen. As I said, this psalm deals with the centrality of the presence of God with his people. And it is a prayer to be said. It is a song to be, to be sung when you long to be at home with the Lord. It is a... It is a It is a psalm that's full of longing for God's presence, longing to be gathered with the assembly of God's people in worship, longing to know and experience the blessing of God who is with us and for us. And the Israelite, as they would sing this song, would would think about Jerusalem, would think about the temple, would think about the journey there to worship. But we, when we sing this song, We're to think about Jesus, and we're to think about his church, his people. Am I shaking something? Is it causing? Sorry. I was getting a little notice over there. I'll try not to touch anything so we don't. um, We we think about Jesus. We think about his his presence among us, in us, and and among us as his people. And the psalmist begins, uh, breaks this down, or I want to break this down into three basic sections, which I want to look at as we go through this psalm. The psalmist speaks first to the heart that longs for God's presence. And then he kind of changes and goes to the the highway that leads into God's presence. And lastly, he ends with the happiness that's found in God's presence. And so again, if you'd like to take notes, if you'd like an outline, there's that for you. I'll try to stick to it. We first see the heart that longs for God's presence. The psalmist begins with a Uh, a deep sense of the loveliness of the place where God dwells and a deep longing to be there worshiping the living God. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord. My heart, O Lord of hosts, my soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Have you ever desired something so much, longed for something so intensely that it actually drains you physically? (laughs) That it actually, it actually uh, your, your strength kind of went out, at, out of you as, you as you just pined for this particular thing or this p- particular person. Caused you to swoon like a, a star-crossed lover in the presence of someone you love. Perhaps you've said something to the effect of, I am just dying to go to this place. Or I am just, I am just dying to see this particular person. Well, that's the sentiment in the, in the expression, the, the emotion that the psalmist is feeling here. There is a draining hunger, a dying thirst to be in the place where the Lord is. The temple was lovely. It was a beautiful place when it, after it had been constructed by Solomon. But it was not lovely uh, because of how beautiful it was or how magnificent a building it was or how ornate it was. It was lovely because of who was there. The place was lovely because of the loveliness of the God who resided there. And one of the hard things, if you think about it, in parenting, sorry about that, 
One of the hard things, uh, a good example of this is, is in parenting. One of the hard things about parenting is that your, your kids grow up and then they go away. Now, some of you who are sitting in this section might think, no, I can't wait for that day, actually, and I can't come too soon. Um, but trust me, when they are gone, you miss them. And especially if they are farther away, if they live further away. We've experienced that in our own lives. Your heart longs to see them. And during the sabbatical, we had the blessing of getting to go and spend some time with our children. And, and Kathy and I, when we would be getting ready to travel to where one of them were, we would, we would get this sense of anticipation. We would get this sense of longing. We'd say, I can't wait to go to San Diego, or I can't wait to go to Chattanooga. And we would get excited, not because of the place we were going, all those are, those are great places, and there's a lot there, but because of the people we were going to be with. We long for the presence of our beloved. If you travel a lot for your work, you probably long for that time when you can get home and, and be with your family. Our hearts desire to be with our loved ones. And for the psalmist and for the people of Israel, that desire was fulfilled in a particular place and, and through a particular process. It required coming to the temple. It required traveling up and, and, and participating in certain uh, festivals and offering certain sacrifices where, that were made there for the atonement of, of sin. And it was done through the intercession of a priest who was set apart for the service of the Lord. And the psalmist is, is thinking about all that because he's not there and he's, he's remembering all of this and, and he's longing to be in that place. And he, he takes note here, even of the small details of that. He says, he, says, he, he takes note here of, of the sparrow, the smallest, most insignificant of birds, and the swallow whose, whose, whose journey, who journey and migrate over great distances. And he says, even these find a home. They find a resting place. They find a, a, a place of security and provision at your altars. Oh God, there's almost a sense of envy, <laughs> of envying these little creatures who find rest and refuge so boldly, so readily in the presence of God. There's no fear in them as they flit around the sanctuary. It's a reminder, as we saw last week, of Psalm 104, of how God provides even for the least of his creatures. And, and again, the words of Jesus that if God cares even for the the birds of the air and the flowers of the field, how much more does he care and long for his children? This causes the psalmist to proclaim, Blessed are those who dwell in your house, O God, ever singing your praise. Blessed are those who live constantly in the presence of the Lord. And you know, that is the blessing of the Christian. That's the blessing of you and me. We no longer have to go up to the temple. We no longer have to offer any sacrifice to draw near to God. God has drawn near to us. He sent his son Jesus to come down and dwell among us, and he offered up his own body and blood on the altar of the cross in our place in order that we might come with confidence, that we might know the presence of God in us by his spirit. As we heard earlier, he, he came and he tore down the wall of hostility. He, he opened the curtain for us to enter in. And so now it's not just Jews and, and Israelites who can come into the presence of God, but now all are welcome through 
his son, Jesus Christ. So a heart that longs for God's presence is a heart that longs for Christ in me and a heart that longs to be with God where he is found in the body of Christ, his church. So let me ask you, could you pray this psalm this morning when you were waking up to come here? Does your heart long to gather with the people of God together in worship? Does your soul hunger and thirst to hear God in his word, to receive his, his grace in the gospel? Do you find yourself feeling deprived or, or distanced from God and longing to know the comfort and the security of his presence? Well, it's not found just in a particular building or a place, but it's found in a person, Jesus Christ. And it's found in his people, the church. And that longing is now fulfilled as we, as we listen to God speak in his word, as we lean on God in our, in our lives and the work of his spirit, to work through his spirit, as you live in God's love with those he puts you in community with in the body. And if we're honest, when we look at our own lives, when we look at each other in the church, what we see is not often lovely. <laughs> It's not often lovely, or at least it doesn't appear that way. It's not something that normally or normally or naturally we would, we would long for and, and swoon over with great desire. But it is lovely. You are lovely. We are lovely because of the loveliness of the one who is in us. Jesus makes you more beautiful, more lovely, more blessed than you could ever imagine. Jesus makes his church more beautiful, more lovely, more blessed than we could ever imagine. Jesus in his church is what makes it a place of worship. It's what makes it a place of refuge. It's what makes this a place of of healing and hope. Jesus is what our hearts long for. He is the Lord of hosts. He is the living God. He is our King and our Savior, spoken of here by the prophet. And blessed are those, the psalmist says, who dwell in him and in whom he dwells. So we hear the, the cry of a heart that longs for God's presence. And then the psalmist speaks of the highway that leads to God's presence. The picture turns here from, uh, fr from that of, a, uh, of one who is distanced and longing to be returned to a loved one to a, a pilgrim who is on the journey. And as I've mentioned, we, we traveled a lot during our sabbatical and we stayed in various places, and some of which were quite lovely. And if I'm honest, they were pretty difficult to leave. <laughs> but there was always this sense for us, and probably when you travel, you may feel the same thing. There's always this sense of, this is not home. <laughs> this is not home. And eventually, there would always be this sort, of, this sort of pull, this sort of longing, this sense that, okay, it's time. It's time to, to come home. Children, if you've ever been away from your parents for any length of time, maybe you've 
you've gone to a, a summer camp or maybe you've gone and spent some time with your, your grandparents or with friends for a, a number of days. And, and over time, there's something that usually starts happening. It's called you get homesick. <laughs> you get this longing now. Okay, I've been here. I, I'm, 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 this is good, but I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to go and be with the ones I love. I'm missing my mom and dad. You miss your own bed. You miss your toys. And you start thinking in your mind of the way home. <laughs> and here the psalmist is, is longing for the way back to the, God, to the presence of God. In his heart, he says, he is, he is always traveling the highways to Zion. He's thinking not just of, of literal, okay, here's the directions and the GPS I go, but, but in my heart, I'm, I'm always moving, I'm always being drawn towards the place of God's presence. And we as God's people are travelers. And we know this world is not our home. And though we reside here for a time, we know, we know deep down there's, there's something better, there's something more. And so we in our hearts, we're always looking for the way. We're always looking for the way home. Sometimes we don't even recognize it. And then Jesus comes and he gives us directions. He says, I am the way. I am the way. Anyone who comes to the Father must come through me. And then he promises to lead and to guide us on that journey. And so you and I, in Christ, we literally have the highways to God in our heart. But notice that the journey's not always smooth. It's not always easy. The psalmist speaks of going through the, the valley of Baca, or what might be translated the valley of weeping, valley of tears. Some of you may be going through a, a season of weeping right now. You're experiencing your own valley of tears in some way. Maybe death or sickness has struck close to home. Maybe you've been hurt or betrayed by someone. Maybe someone in the church. Or maybe you've hurt or betrayed someone else. Maybe your job is very difficult and you're not sure what to do. Maybe your marriage is going through a rocky period and struggling. Maybe your children are dealing with attitudes or, or, or actions or afflictions which you can't change. Maybe your own heart is dry and, and dusty and you find yourself with maybe doubts or maybe living in a pattern of sin which you cannot break. Some of us are simply overwhelmed by the, the cares and concerns of everyday life in this broken world which seem to invade from all corners. The way to Zion brings with it many dangers and many difficulties. There were threats and trials all along the way. And likewise, life, our journey, is filled with trials and tribulations. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. But he said, take heart, I have overcome the world. Babaka not only means a, a valley of weeping, some scholars have pointed out that, that it also refers to a particular tree, a particular plant that can live and thrive 
in a dry and arid and desert-like condition. And so we see that sense here as well. We're not sure exactly what the intent of the psalmist was, but, but really both fit. Because here we see that even in the difficult parts of the journey, those who trust in the Lord make it what? A place of springs. Uh, uh, they experience the refreshing rains of God's provision and grace. If the GPS of your heart is oriented towards following Jesus and the strength of your journey is found in him, then even in, and maybe we should say especially in, the difficult times, he promises blessing. He promises strength. He promises his presence. His power is made perfect in our weakness. You remember Jesus said, he said, I, I will give you living water to quench all your thirst. I am the bread of life that will satisfy your deepest hungers. I am the good shepherd who will lead you beside quiet waters, who will cause you to, to lie down and rest in green pastures, who will lead you in paths of righteousness. I am the one who will be with you through the valley of death. I am the light of the world that will dispel the darkness and be a lamp shining on your feet. You see, when our hearts are set upon the way to God's presence, no matter how difficult the journey or week we may feel, God's people go from strength to strength. And each one, everyone will appear before the Lord in Zion. Remember Jesus said, I know my sheep, my sheep follow me. And there is none who can snatch them out of my hand. My father will not let one of them Go. And so we see the presence of God in Christ being that, that way, that leading to where we can find rest and refreshing in the desert places. So let me ask you, where are the highways of your heart taking you right now? Are you seeking strength? Are you seeking Direction? Are you seeking satisfaction somewhere the other than in Christ? Are you pursuing that in the, in the ways and the wisdom of this world as glamorous and glorious as they may seem at present? But they are roads that ultimately lead to destruction. Or is the highway of your heart leading you towards God through Jesus his grace and his guidance. You see, the heart that longs for God's presence travels the highway that leads to God's presence and ultimately experiences what we see at the end of the psalm, and that's the happiness that is found in God's presence. As the psalmist speaks of the journey to Jerusalem, his mind gravitates here, and it's interesting in verses 8 and 9, his mind gravitates towards God's anointed one. He lifts the, his plea for the Lord to hear his prayer. O Lord of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Look upon your shield, our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed one. The Hebrew word here translated anointed is the word Mashiach. It's where we get our word Messiah. 
It was often a reference to the anointed king, and perhaps that's what he's speaking of here. Look upon your king, the anointed one, David, or whoever was king at the time. It was also used to speak of those who were anointed to the service of the Lord in the temple, the priests. In the context that we have it here, it could refer to, the, to those priests who are the anointed of God and stand as mediators for God's people and offer up sacrifices for sin. But either way, he's speaking of one who stands in the place of God's people before the Lord, one who delivers us from our enemies, one who shields us from God's wrath. And it is as he calls for the Lord to look upon them, look upon his face, the face of your anointed. Look upon the sacrifice that is brought. And only as we do that in Christ are we able to make our plea and enter into his presence. And of course, Jesus, the Messiah, came as the ultimate king, the great high priest, the final sacrifice for sin, upon whom God now looks and says to you and me, enter in. Welcome, my child. My wrath is removed. My justice is satisfied. Your sin is forgiven. Your enemy is defeated. And you are welcome in my presence. And that results in the happiness and the blessing of living in God's presence. The psalmist expresses that happiness in terms both of, of place as well as position. He says... Lord, a day in your courts, O oh God, are better than a thousand elsewhere. Think about it. If you had only one day, where would you spend it? Where would you spend it? Would you spend it at work, finishing up the big project that you're, you're going on? Would you spend it at home, either alone or with those that you love, family or friends? Would you spend it on a beach? On a boat, hiking or skiing in the mountains, right? reading a good book, playing video games, doing some creative project, eating a delicious meal and enjoying a drink and fellowship with good friends. I think we could all come up with a pretty good best day ever kind of scenario, couldn't we? And they'd probably all look a little bit different. How many of us would say, being at church. Now, I'm not saying that you ought to say, my best day ever is being at church. But that's what God says, in some ways. Friends, none can hold, how many of us, no, no day that we would set up can hold a candle to the blessing and the joy of one day in the presence of the Lord. One day in the presence of Christ, worshiping our great and awesome God is better than a thousand or ten thousand of our best days ever apart from Jesus. That's hard to wrap our mind around, but, but that's what he's saying here. How many of us would choose to spend our one day with the body of Christ, with our brothers and sisters, singing God's praises, listening to him in his word, speaking with him and for one another in prayer, encouraging and caring for one another 
in life and in love together. And again, the church doesn't always look lovely. It doesn't always do that well. In fact, most of the times we're a pretty lousy lot. But God is with us and God is in us. And better is one day bound together as a band of brothers and sisters traveling to heaven together and encouraging others and and walking side by side in the journey and the trials and the tribulations of this life to where we will spend eternity together in God's perfect presence than a few fleeting years of pleasure and prosperity in this world. And then what about position? He says, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Better to be a janitor for Jesus than a CEO for Satan. That's what he basically says here. All the perks and privileges and prosperity that this world and its power and its positions can offer and that we so long for are, to use the words of Paul, like rubbish, like garbage, like dung compared to the surpassing power and privilege of knowing our great and living God through Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter who you are or what you do. When Christ enters your life, you become a child of the King of Kings. And your service to him in love, your fellowship with him as his child, no matter how small, no matter how insignificant it may seem, it yields greater blessing and it bears greater fruit than anything you could do on your own apart from him. And what are those blessings? We'll wrap it up here. Why should we be happy in the presence of the Lord? He goes on to list them. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. He is the one who provides light and warmth and the, the source of life. He enables us to see the world and ourselves as we truly are, to experience his love as we were meant to experience it, and to live with confidence and hope and acceptance and security and all the things that we desire, joy, that are found in him alone. He is our shield. He protects us from our greatest enemy and delivers us from our greatest fear. He bestows on us favor and honor. A better translation would be that he gives us grace and glory. That's what those words mean. He gives us grace. He showers us with what we don't deserve, forgiveness, righteousness, love, provision, life. And he restores us to that which we were created to be, true image bearers, reflecting his glory, his goodness, his grace. And what does he hold back from us? (laughs) No good thing. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So we see here the heart that that longs for God's presence, the highway that leads to God's presence, and the happiness of living in God's presence are all found in the one who is God's presence with us, Jesus Christ, living in you and me by faith, living in and through us, as his people in the body of Christ. Maybe you did not want to come here this morning. Maybe you were dreading 
coming to church. Maybe your heart is longing right now for something other than the presence of the living God. Maybe the highway of your life is leading you somewhere other than to heaven. Brothers and sisters, God is a good and gracious God. And he invites you and me again and again and again into his presence. And he invites you right now, if you don't know him, or if you know him and you are trying to hide from him or run from him, to come again to him, to come to him. And find rest in his presence through his son, Jesus, who is here with us and in us and who is taking us through those difficult valleys home to be with him. Jesus says, I am the way. Come to the Father through me. And as God's people, let us pray and and let us Make in our hearts just this, create for ourselves this desire, this longing that God would give us that longing for his presence and let us journey along the highway together, seeking to welcome and gather others to come and travel along with us until he brings us fully into his presence. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. that you have given us heart to desire you, that you have shown us the way to come to you, and that you have welcomed us into into the joy and the blessing that you have for us. And Lord, I confess that there are times when my heart longs for something else, when my life is headed in a different direction, when my joy is found in those things that will one day burn up and be lost forever. But thank you, Lord God, that you do not give up pursuing us. Thank you, Jesus, that you continue to give us ears to hear your voice, that you show us our thirst, our need for you, that you call us again and again to come, come to me, come to me, not just on Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, come to me every morning you wake up. Come to me in the deepest trial that you're going through. Come to me with the joys and the good things that you're experiencing. And I will give you rest. Father, may we leave here knowing that rest and walking on that journey together, longing for you and loving you as we long and love for fellowship together as your people. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.